All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Fix Your Franchise. Just three average guys being above average GMs, because that's what we do here at Fix Your Franchise. Like always, we're going to let your NFL favorite team know what they need to do to fix their franchise. I'm Adam Dirty. To my right, I got Big Tug. And as always, I got the mastermind behind this whole thing. Coach Red in the building. Um, I'm going to do it like I always do. I'm going to start off with Coach Red. Go ahead and let us know how we start things off. We're going to be covering the Vikings today. Minnesota, eh? We're going to let you know how to fix your franchise. Go ahead, Coach Red. Take it away. Let them know what they need to do. The thing with the Vikings is for years they've had big names on defense, but this year was just a year that they did not produce. They've got big money tied up at the linebacker position with Kendricks and Barr. Uh, Anthony Harris at safety is going to be a free agent. The cornerback play, they've been trying to address that for years and have been hitting on that with mild success. But the one thing is, is with the offense, you've got some pretty good pieces. You've got Adam Thielen, who is an undrafted guy, gets a big contract. You trade away Stephon Diggs, but with that pick, you automatically get his replacement in a rookie of the year candidate in Justin Jefferson. You have one of the best running backs in the NFL in Dalvin Cook, when healthy, huge numbers, big years. I mean, you can point to the Green Bay Packer game as a standout example of how he can take over a game. Four touchdowns, over 200 yards, and shoot, the guy had like three touchdowns before half. It was insane how productive he can be. And you've got a good backup in Alexander Madison. They have Irv Smith Jr. at the tight end spot. They just let go of Kyle Rudolph to help give him a little bit extra on the cap side. But with the Vikings, I see them as a very big boom or bust. With the NFC North, you've got the Packers and you've got everyone else. And the Vikings can obviously slot into that number two team as they have in the past. But this last year didn't work out that way for them. Yeah, it didn't work out because at the end of the year, they ran into the Saints and the Bucks, which just demolished them. I mean, especially their defense. I don't know. Some guy named Alvin Kamara was scoring six touchdowns, and I'm not mad about it because he was on my fantasy team, but that was embarrassing for their defense. No one should score six touchdowns against your defense. Uh, I mean, maybe a team, but not a single person rushing touchdowns against you that should never happen in today's nfl like the last time it happened was what like in the 40s or something like some guy with a leather helmet did that to somebody yeah sure that could happen then they didn't even know how to tackle they were all running around with concussions and couldn't see straight that might happen but not in today's nfl that should not happen their offensive line needs to be fixed and not only for i mean you brought up cook and I'm amazed that he had the season that he did with the offensive line that they had because Kirk Cousins got beat up back there this year. He was hit the most in the NFL. I'm not saying he was sacked the most. They didn't submit the most sacks of the year, but he got hit the most in the NFL. I mean, I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate. You can fact check me on that one. 
but he got from what I saw, he got hit the most in the NFL last year. He was just getting beat up. One of the things that I saw, um, defensive pressure, 30-plus percent last year against them. Um, the only other people that got more pressure against them, Alex Smith and Nick Mullins. And they threw half as many passes as Cousins did. So that's that's not good. I mean, they need to fix their offensive line. And, I mean, that's the case for a lot of these earlier teams that have these higher draft picks that they need to fix their offensive line because they can't protect their quarterbacks. The main thing with them too, is they only have 8.2 mil available in cap space right now. So they're really going to have to go heavy in the draft. The good thing is for offensive linemen, this is a ridiculously deep draft. They're still in that area where you could see a Derrick Shaw. You can look at, uh, the tackle slash guard out of USC. You got Sam Cosme out of Texas. You do have options. Granted, I think that uh, I think it's Elijah Vera Tucker is that uh, guy from USC. But those guys, I think at this point in the draft at 14, that's still a little rich for my blood. So if you want one of those guys, they're a good trade back candidate. I think if Darisaw is on the board, you snatch him up in a heartbeat. The guy sat out last year, has been spending this whole year training. Pro day was earlier this week. Everyone said that the way he looked at that pro day, I don't believe it to the fullest extent, but they said this guy looks like he could be the best tackle in the draft. I don't think that's the case with the Penny Sewell coming out of Oregon, who's a bona fide stud. But I do think that if you're drafting at 14, you can get your hands on Darisaw. I'm going to take him all day. All day. Take them all day. Revamp that offensive line. I mean, they're like you said, this off this NFL draft is just absolutely stacked with with offensive linemen. It's unreal. Interior and tackle. There's just a bevy of offensive linemen to choose from. And my sheet over here says that they have three pretty solid picks. With 13, 47, and 77, they have a good chance at landing two of those guys. I'm not sure. I'm on the same page as you. I don't I don't believe that Dershaw is the number one, two. I mean, he's easily the third best tackle in this draft. I wouldn't compare him to either Slater or Sewell, but Dershaw is a good consolation prize at 14 especially for a tackle needy team like the Vikings. And, and they do, they need that O-line because cousins is, he's a good quarterback. I mean, come back kid. Uh, come back kid. I mean, I'm looking at his stats come here, his stats after the bye week. So before that shoddy, but after the bye week, 21 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's fire. Like, if you can run that the whole season and make that 40 and six, yeah, sprinkle me happy with that because I will take that all day long. And you get that with with having Cook. You start running the play action. People are scared to Cook. Now you're throwing those deep bombs. You got now Jefferson as a sophomore getting comfortable in that system. He's going to be scary next year. You're going to, you're going to, have a potentially 
high powered offense to where to where teams are going to be trying to figure them out. I think the big thing too is with them trading Steph Stephon Diggs last year for that first round pick and getting Jefferson. I think that big thing is is you don't know who to stop. You got Irv Smith Jr., who's going to get a lot more play time with Kyle Rudolph being out of the picture. He's a big-time receiving threat. He was coming out of college. And then you look at this year, it was either Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. They never really had a complete game where both guys went off at the same time. It was usually one or the other. Like, pick your poison. Who do you want to lock down this week? You're gonna Are you going to follow – Adam Thielen with your number one corner, or are you going to do it with Justin Jefferson? Because with Kirk Cousins slinging that pigskin around the field, it puts you in a good spot because the guy can make the throws when he has time. And that's why I go back to it. Get yourself some hog mollies up front, big bodied guys that can protect him and pave those lanes for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I mean, Dalvin Cook had one of I mean, he got trumped in in a game by Alvin Kamara against the Vikings. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook's big game against the Packers was a bright and shining spot for him and shows what they can do when they're clicking on all cylinders. And if they need to go run heavy, they can. If they need to go pass heavy, they can. They have offensive versatility. But as we pointed out, that offensive line is going to be big, and they don't have a lot of cap to fix it. So that, that's what I think is going to have to be their main focus is fixing that offensive line. I mean, honestly, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to do a lot without fixing an offensive line at this point. I think that's their biggest hole right now is if, if cousins is getting hit that much, it's going to take one big hit and now you've lost your star quarterback. I mean, you can't have, that guy get hit the most in the league and expect him to play season after season and just shake it off. I mean, yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a good quarterback. I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna put his head down and he's gonna, he's gonna shake some things off, but you can't be getting hit 10 times every game and expect him to just follow through and be completely healthy throughout an entire season. One thing that I want to touch on is tell me who gets to the quarterback for them defensively. They made a big swing for Yanni Kingakwe before the season started. And then midseason after trade him to, I believe, the Ravens. And I mean, who's getting the who's gonna go get the quarterback? Well, if they decide to go defense to start and they address their offensive line in free agency. They go quitty pay. Quitty pay is going to be the one getting the quarterback. And if I they go love, defense in the first I round, quitty pay. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. He's got that freak athletic ability. He's got good bend, good flexibility coming off the edge has shown big production comes from a big name program. And I really think that that's a good look there, but, I still think this is a little early for the Quitty Pay area. I mean, I feel like they could be a good trade back candidate because the Vikings do need a lot of guys on the cheap with having very limited cap space and not a, really a lot of options. I mean, maybe you can restructure Anthony Barr's deal a little bit 
move some money up front to that signing bonus, create some cap space. Same thing with uh, Kendricks as well. But, I mean, they're in trouble with the cap. There's not a lot of room. I don't think you can go early with Quiddy Pay because Quiddy Pay sounds like an appetizer. And appetizers come first. You're at a fancy restaurant and they're like, would you like to start off with some Quiddy Pay? You're damn right I want to start off with some Quiddy Pay. Give me two plates of that. I'm going to share with the table. <laughs> I'm sorry, I threw off your train of I don't even know where I'm going anymore. I just want to order some more Quiddy Pay. All right. Justin, what else you got, buddy? I'm at a loss of words now because I'm wondering what that looks like on a white plate at a restaurant. Hit me. Let, let me let me make a sweet let, let me make a really sweet transition here. I mean, um, in the Bengals episode, we talked about a few former cornerbacks, uh, Trey Wayans and Alexander McKenzie, I believe it was. McKenzie. Yep. Yep. So they're no longer there, and I know that they. I believe they had three first rounders last year and took a cornerback, but it seems like year in yeah. year out, they're searching for cornerback help. Well, they have Mike Zimmer as their head coach, and he did the exact same thing when he was with Cincinnati. They love picking corners all the time from Drake Kirkpatrick up. Um, I do like their cornerback from last year, though. Cameron Dancer had a heck of a year for a rookie. He was the, you know, silver lining, bright, shining star on that defense when there was so much negativity going on. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't do anything. And Dancer was that shining star, in my opinion. I mean, you also look at this team as that boomer bust team. You beat the Packers and just run them into the ground. And then a week later, you lose to the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys. And they that was the Cowboys, I think, best game of the season. You look at the Saints rolling them. You look at the Bucks rolling them. There's just not a lot of consistency. And I really think that this, with Mike Zimmer being that big-time defensive coach, the defense, there's not a lot of movement that could be had. But I think this is a make-it-or-break-it year for the guy. To an extent, yeah, but like I said, they've got all these draft picks lined up, man. They they could they could stack that defense easily. I mean, no matter what round they want to address their defense at whichever level, they've got that pick in the second round. I want to say it's what? 47. 47? 48. Yeah, there's going to be, whether they want to address – the linebacking core and cut some costs there. Jabril Cox will be available. Whether they want to, you know, pair Cameron Dance or somebody else, uh, Elijah Molden out of UW is going to be there in the second round. He'll be there in the third, most I likely. I mean, you might differ with me on that opinion, but he's, he's, he's going to be there. And that's somebody that they could easily, is a plug-and-play player that could act opposite Cameron Dantzler, and then you've revamped your whole secondary with a couple of picks early on. Yeah, and I think one thing that we can look at with the Vikings 
is they have a lot of success with college football players that come from schools that have purple in their school colors. You look at Justin Jefferson last year. Guy steps in, <laughs> is a rookie of the year candidate. Elijah Molden, I've talked about him in the past. I'm a big UW fan as well. And Elijah Molden is the that premier slot corner defender that you need in today's NFL. He's a little undersized. I think it's tough for him to play on the outside. But the dude was back-to-back years the top-rated slot corner in college football. So if we're going to if we're going to lean towards that a little bit and lean towards the draft and lean towards getting people big tug mentioned of this to me before we started the podcast, just kind of spitballing with me. And we know we love cousins, but he's, he could be a huge trade value. I mean, so you, you trade your cousins who is an a minus quarterback, maybe trade him for a B plus quarterback or a B quarterback. He's got tons of weapons. You fix that offensive line a little bit. Now you get you get rid of Cousins, you get a B quarterback, and you maybe get another draft pick or two. And now you got a bunch of young bucks in there ready to prove themselves, and you start stacking your defense and fix your offensive line all in one move and give yourself some spending money. And I don't disagree with that. The one thing that I wonder, and I'm going to fire this over to Tug, is what – kind of value do you get in return for Kirk Cousins? I don't think it's a first, especially with him being up up there in age. I mean, best case, you're getting a second or shoot, you might only be getting a third. He's on the last year of his deal. It's a one-year deal. Here, Here's what I was talking to Dirty about before we started this podcast. What if we pair Cousins back up with Kyle Shanahan. We send him to the 49ers for a second round pick and Nick Mullins. It's totally doable. Nick Mullins with that, that kind of weaponry around him Give him a decent offensive line. He could do some damage. He could get you through games as well as Cousins has the last couple of years at least. And then think about how how special of a player Cousins was for a couple of years there over in Washington with Kyle Shanahan. I would love to see Cousins down on the sidelines with Kyle Shanahan just chatting it up before a game, suiting up for the 49ers. I think that is a total feasible idea. I've heard rumors that the 49ers are interested. Um, and if you pick up that second-round pick, Maybe you do look at a quarterback in the second round with that additional pick. Maybe you go after a Kyle Trask. Here's a guy that I'm going to throw out there. He's a prototypical quarterback, is kind of in that same vein as Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was a former third-round pick. This guy was a fourth-round pick last year, and I think the team that he's on right now does not value him and look at him as a guy that's part of their future since they just traded for Carson Wentz, but maybe go after a Jacob Eason to fill in that spot. Because with Jacob Eason, you go from a guy who was the number one quarterback rated when he committed to Georgia, got hurt, lost out um, playing time there, transferred up to UW, 
had an up and down type season, but the guy's got all the physical tools that you look for in a quarterback. He's got a big arm. He's very accurate. The one thing that he struggles with is when he's, when he's off his timing. And if you can address that, I mean, the guy was a fourth rounder last year, didn't play at all was third string for them most of the year, didn't suit up, you might be able to snag him for a fifth because you're looking at the Colts who traded away some picks for Carson Wentz this year. Maybe you get some of that back. How do you guys feel about Jameis Winston? I feel like they should make a 30 for 30 for him, but I mean, it's just called 30 for 30. 30 picks, 30 interceptions. (laughs) (laughs) solid we should end the whole podcast with that joke that equals 60 interceptions great job coach red solid there we go 30 interceptions when you're sitting there on this team yeah you've got you've got the weapons that he can throw it to like he had when he was with the bucks you put a better running back behind him but the one thing that i question is his decision making do you want to put that on a team that is so boomer bust, you want to give them the biggest boomer bust quarterback that's out there? You don't need to get mad at me, dude. All I was was just pitching out ideas here. <laughs> I like Nick Mullins better than Jameis Winston. You it do. was just a thought. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think. Damn, I think, bro. I mean, do you think they could go after? I mean, honestly, you're in your last year of Kirk Cousins. You've got. Tyler like slaughter on the team. I think that's their backup. I mean, they don't have a good plan for when he's gone. Granted, you're going to have cap space with, with all the moving and shaking that's happened this year with the quarterback position, you could have more guys that are available. You know, what is your real big plan? I would say with some of these draft choices, maybe you look later in that draft where you get into that Sam, Sam Ellinger or, Maybe even a Kellen Mond. When you Google Vikings depth chart and it says who is the Vikings second string quarterback, Kirk Cousins comes up. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> Who's the backup? Cousins. Sean Mannion. He's up in Minnesota. Little long in the tooth. Yeah. Uh, former former beef. Give shout him a chance. The, shout out to the Beavers. Yeah. What's cousin? Uh, cousins got one year left. Why don't you? Sounds stupid. Why don't you throw a draft pick at him? They they're in play for Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean this is Mac Jones. If he's around at fourteen, take him. Let Cousins mentor him for a year. I mean, get him a sleep number bed. I don't know. (laughs) How about how about we do this? If you didn't make the playoffs last year, you have to switch quarterbacks since everyone else has changed the quarterbacks. If you weren't a playoff team last year, you need a new quarterback. You need to trade or bring someone for the bench or pull some out of the draft and no more quarterbacks that are losers around here. If you didn't get into the playoffs, you have to get a new quarterback this year. We're trying to make the NFL more exciting. We're trying to fix franchises around here. (laughs) Bring back Johnny Manziel. Jeez. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Tim Tebow is like working at a CVS right now. I'm sure he'd love to be back in the NFL. <laughs> oh man, far. too far, too far, too far. Well, I know that we touched a little. Right, bit. Uh, do you guys do you guys got any of the final thoughts on the on the Vikings here? Yeah, I got one more thing I want to talk about. Um, 
I know that we touched base with Thielen and Jefferson being a dynamic one-two punch. Jefferson's kind of running in that slot position. Um, I think that they do have a need. They they were running a little bit small last year with uh, Chad Beebe. He is a free agent, probably going to be on the cheaper side. But with Kirk Cousins, he's a big-time downfield thrower. A guy that I kind of like that has been that guy on a Super Bowl winning and Super Bowl contending team is Demarcus Robinson. I don't think that he is going to command those big dollars that you're going to see in free agency, but he is a big time downfield threat and actually balled out pretty good for the Chiefs. You know, off and on, he would have his boomer bust games, but why not put a boomer bust guy on a boomer bust team? Sure. That sounds all well and good, but boomer bust and having those huge games when Pat Mahomes is your quarterback is a lot different than having Kirk Cousins throwing to you in a dome in Minnesota. If you're yeah. going to, if you want that big body wide receiver to run down the field, I'm thinking you take your 77th pick and you spend it on Terrence Marshall. Ooh, I like Terrence Marshall. Terrence, Terrence Marshall, Marshall is a, yeah, he is a good player. He is 6'4, 210. He's got, Huge ball skills. I've been take seeing- a flyer. Why not spend that kind of money? Why spend that kind of money on on bringing in a wide receiver when you could revamp your offensive line and address the wide receiver issue in the draft? I mean, I wish Late that, in the draft. I wish that he was going to be around there. I've I've seen and listened to a few that have him even being considered at the tail end of the first. I don't agree with it, but I don't no think he's going to be around in the third. No I think way. That he's a solid round two type guy no i'm saying trade up trade up into the second i mean they've got some picks to do he's it. completely overshadowed by chase they've there there are too many wide receivers in this draft right now for him to be even considered early second i mean tylen wallace is around you got elijah moore who else we got rashad bateman we're still going through here rondell moore Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. There's no way you're taking Terrence Marshall in the first or early second. No way. And if they do take him, that's the running mate that used to be with Justin Jefferson at LSU. And like I pointed out earlier, purple jerseys. Bring back the purple people eaters, except I think it's going to have to be the offensive guys because the defense are, are not having me so fearful of eating any people. Time to time to get out there and do some more, do some pillaging again, Vikings fans. No need to be out there wandering around, not even in boats anymore. You guys are in little rowboats. You need to be back in your Viking boats again. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of uh, Fix Your Franchise. Three three normal guys being extraordinary gms letting people know how to fix their franchise um make sure you tune in to all of our episodes we appreciate for you guys listening to us um that does it for this one uh so peace out so you go